look at the other Kansas City teams in sports, here's Jillian Carroll and Uno Cero. <laughs> What's up, everyone? <laughs> Happy Thanksgiving. Chris, I mean, you come on turn now. your mic on. You just started talking at the beginning it's of the, the show. It's the little things. <laughs> Mike's Did you eat now. too much? I ate way too much. <laughs> like, walked in the door, wasn't sure I was going to wake up and make it, but <laughs> I did. I'm here. But happy Thanksgiving, man. Yeah, happy Thanksgiving to you, uh, to you, Nick, uh, who's our producer on the other side, and everyone listening to us uh, around the country, around the world, uh, around Kansas City. Mm-hmm. Thanks for listening to us on this holiday evening here, uh, Thanksgiving. It's been a good one so far. Uh, I got to see my mother, my sweet brother. Hang out, eat a lot of food, watch some football. Now I'm here with you. Yeah, I spent all morning playing video games. Okay. And then I watched <laughs> a little bit of football, and then I uh, came up here and did work for the show. Yeah. So I, had to, I had to come up here, and I had to make sure everything was good, make sure everything was set up. And, uh, you know, so I, I, I took the bullet for the team here. And, uh, you know, this right here is, is is how we're able to get everything going. So, uh, yeah, thanks for listening to us. <laughs> Uh, uh, hope your holiday is, is, is going well thus far. I think everyone here, their holidays, uh, going well. I saw a lot of black Friday shoppers outside, uh, at, at the target next to the, uh, intercom studios. Um, it was a very long line out there. It was like four o'clock when I got here and there were people waiting in line for target to open at five, I believe is when they opened. It was a little ridiculous. I had to run into Walmart today and I was surprised by it being very calm. Like, I, really? I definitely expected to see more people, um, I don't know, grabbing whatever. I was getting a lighter for my candle because <laughs> I didn't have one. And I was bringing some ice cream over because we had I had dessert duty, pies and ice cream. But, no, it was calm. It was very calm. But I shout out to Walmart on State Line because they had tape on the floor by each aisle. So they're like, listen, people, we're going to be organized this year. We're going to have it together. They're prepared for Black Friday. They were ready to go. Yeah, and it was it, it was looked really organized over there at the Target. They had like everybody in a single file line out there. It wasn't cold, so it was nice. Everybody was along the sidewalk there. I'm just really surprised that at five o'clock on thanks four o'clock when I was getting here on Thanksgiving, there were people out there waiting so they can save a hundred bucks on a TV. Like I don't know if 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 that's to me. Like I don't I don't know about you guys, but for me, I'm not the guy that's gonna sit out there and wait for. Uh, you know, wait hours so that I can go save a hundred dollars on the TV. When you know, on my phone, I get a I get a exactly. little ping from Amazon. Oh yeah, Black Friday starts right now. It's ten o'clock in the morning. I don't have to go anywhere to go get that deal. I think I'll take that. Things have changed lately, but we will get more into Thanksgiving. But let's do a quick preview of what we are talking about this evening. We are super thankful. We get an extra about forty-five minutes tonight. Uh, and we've got a lot to talk about, especially with one of our local teams going deep into the playoffs, um, obviously sporting Kansas City. So we will hear from uh, Tim Melia. We will hear from Roger Espinoza. And we will hear from Daniel Shallowy on the 2018 MLS Cup playoffs. We will also catch up with UMKC. Um, Head coach Kareem Richardson. And uh, you also talked to Xavier Bishop. Xavier Bishop. Three straight games, 20-plus points. Guys crushing it. So um, I'm thrilled. Got a chance to meet or speak with J.C. Hoyt uh, on the women's side of things over at UMKC. Uh, Phenomenal coach. Really excited about her story and sharing that. We'll check in on the Kansas City Mavericks. 
Uh, Kansas City Comets are coming up. We'll do a U.S. soccer kind of preview. We got we to talk about U.S. soccer. <laughs> we got to talk about their coaching situation. Um, but this show will be pretty heavily focused on sporting Kansas City. Um, coming up this Sunday, they play the Portland Timbers in the first game of their two-game series in the Western Conference Finals. Um the team that has the most goals in, you know, in that two-game aggregate, uh, they're the one that moves on to the MLS Cup championship. So it's very, very vital that on this, this coming Sunday, sporting, going up to Portland, performs well, and then they'll have uh, the final game of that two-game aggregate next Thursday, Children's Mercy Park. Um, and so it's, it's, this is a very, very important time here. It is winning time. It is crunch time. They're the number one seed in the Western Conference. Now it is time for them to show it. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of history between sporting and Portland, specifically mm-hmm. when it comes to playoff matches. So we'll get into a little bit of that. Just want to throw out double post. See if anybody knows what that is. If you do, double post what I'm referring to. Hit the text line. We'd love to hear from you. The Protein House Eat With a Purpose text line, 69306. We would love to hear if you know what the double post was between uh give you a clue it was a it was a final between portland and sporting but we'll get to that um also just wanted to give um before we hit to before before we had to break um a quick thank you to all of our viewers and all of our listeners Listeners, this is not television wrong medium there jillian (laughs) (laughs) all of our listeners thanks so much for helping out if you were able to uh with the della lamb food drive uh oh 99 turkeys were collected which is amazing our goal was 100 um, but between monetary donations, food donations, and, you know, obviously the 99 turkeys, um, we were able to team up with Delium and feed over a thousand families. So shout out to Kansas city. That was awesome. Yeah. And it was, it was great. Cause like, that's one of the things that the boss really, you know, was honest about. I was like, Hey, we really want to do this. We want to push this and help Del- the Del Lamb organization. And for us to be able to do that and for us to be able to, to take the initiative and help them. Uh, achieve that goal is something that I think is really proud for us. You know, like, you know, you can say what you want about all the other accomplishments that we have, but for us, you know, being able to do something like that and help out people in need is certainly something that I think we really hold to really high regard. So uh, I know I was really happy when the boss sent out that email earlier Mm -hmm. this week that we did reach that goal Mm -hmm. because that was something that I was really looking forward to. And I know that we had, uh, I think there, I think you said like um, there was like one person that actually came to one of the red Robin locations that we were you know, doing that, that we were doing the pickups at mm-hmm. and dropped off like 15 turkeys. Yes. So, mm-hmm. you know, whoever you are, if you're listening thank to you. us, thank you for that. Because <laughs> uh, that's really generous. We know that those things are very, those, those turkeys can be very expensive. So uh, anybody who, who donated that, whether it be monetarily, whether you brought canned goods or, or turkeys, thanks for it because we really, really wanted to uh, achieve this goal and help out people in need during this time of year in Kansas City. Kansas City people helping Kansas City people. We love it. Uh, When we return, we will jump into a little bit of Thanksgiving fun. We'll look at the male perspective, the female perspective, and then we did some uh, Twitter surveys earlier. So we'll jump into all of the good Thanksgiving things. Uh, Thanks for tuning in. Don't go anywhere. Jillian Carroll and Uno Cero on 610 Sports Radio. Jillian Carroll and Uno Cero.
Welcome back in. I was just super duper excited because the text line just line just lit up. Nick just duped our uh, our producer. Nick just duped Jillian. <laughs> and then I realized it was Nick. I wanted to wish you guys a happy Thanksgiving. You could have done that over the, over our headphones. You could have done that over. Could have done it over the air. You didn't have to do it on the text line. <laughs> All right. Well, happy Thanksgiving, yeah, guys. Well, happy Thanksgiving. Aww, to you. Thank well, you. Thank I'm thankful you. for both of you. Oh, what a guy. Really? Really? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, wow. I, that, that really hits me deep, man. <laughs> Got Thanks, you Nick. in your feelings over there. It does. It does. I'm going to turn my mic off for a little bit and kind of re- regroup myself here real quick. Let's do some more fun Thanksgiving things. So let's talk about, I have a list here. I want to get Nick. I want to get your opinion. Chris, I want to get your opinion. Is it a male-female thing? Or what? what is your thoughts on the following fun Thanksgiving activities? So they're not in any order. Um, but first of all, Black Friday. Do we participate? Nope. Nope. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> I'm out. Nope. That's a no for me, dog. Nope. I, okay. saw the, I saw those people at the Target across the street, across the parking lot, and I said, no. Okay. I will never do that. Uh, my when I was younger, my parents used to, my dad used to get up at like four o'clock in the morning and go to like Micro Center and get one of their deals. <laughs> Micro Center. Yeah, my dad he's Micro a he's Center? a he's an IT guy, so okay, he's a big nerd. Okay. And and he would he would get up and get on their little Micro Center deals at four o'clock in the morning. I'm like, there is nothing at Micro Center. There's nothing at Best Buy. There's nothing anywhere that I would get up four o'clock in the morning <laughs> to 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 go get at a discounted price. Like it just to me, Cyber Monday always sounded a lot easier because right. I'm a really lazy person. <laughs> so if I don't have to put any effort into it, if I don't have to camp out in line, uh, I'll take that. So yeah, no, I, I I don't do the Black Friday deal unless it's on Amazon or some other place where I can just shop from my phone. So yeah. that's hard to me because Black Friday has now evolved into this like multi-day. Of discounts. Yeah, today's Black Friday for some for well, like some I, establishments, and it's still Thursday. Yesterday, I took advantage of a Black Friday deal via like Macy's dot com. <laughs> so I feel like things are so so different. Like I don't know, maybe I did do Black Friday this year then. But technically, I, yeah, but not like the traditional waiting right. line at four o'clock in the morning. Exactly. I did Black Friday on Monday because uh, Microsoft had a sale on some games. So I bought four games for $20 total. Boom. I was feeling good. I was oh. like, man, I just saved a lot of money on these games. <laughs> bought this Power Rangers game. It was really cool. So uh, I was feeling pretty good about that. All right, Nick, you said yes or no? Uh, no. Just a hard no. Yeah, just a hard right. no. Okay. I uh, I worked at Best Buy for Black Friday when I was in high school, and it just gives me PTSD every time. <laughs> I'm not uh, I'm not trying to go back into that. I've, I've done the Best know? Buy thing, too. Yeah, yeah it's terrible. People yeah. people are, like, trampling each other, like, pushing kids out of the way to go get $20 off a Blu-ray player. Yes. Like, there's no place for that. I no. believe there is a death documented at a Walmart in New York. Yeah, I, I believe it. Black Friday. I believe there's been literally deaths at Walmart in New York besides Black Friday. No, but it was a trampling (laughs) of what you're speaking of. So, okay, uh, challenge question here. Of the three sporting players that I spoke to over the past couple days, one of them said he participates in Black Friday. Was it Tim Milia, Roger Espinoza, or Daniel Shallowy? Uh, I don't believe it's Shallowy because he's like, what, 23? And so he's on the the Amazon Prime kick. (laughs) Uh Milia. Milia looks like he looks like the guy that will punch somebody out no. over so he can get that Vizio fifty dollars off at Best Buy. He looks like that guy. You want to take a guess, Nick? Uh, I'm with Chris on this one. Oh, sad to say, boys, it was shallow. Is shallowy? He said, you know, he's Hungarian, so bless his heart. Uh, Thanksgiving is not in his blood. However, he's been in the states for a while, so uh, he's 
you know, partakes. And he said, I can't cook at all. So what I do for Thanksgiving is I enjoy being around family, but I do the shopping. So he said he does. That's what he does. So shallowing. <laughs> Who knew? Okay, moving on. Uh, <laughs> home-cooked meal. This is pretty, pretty standard. Home-cooked meal or going to the store and buying a prepared all dishes included, your meat, your sides, everything, like a package deal. Who, who, you, you, you brought this to me and Nick before the show. Who buys Thanksgiving? I'm like, telling you, people do it. Like, how do you think Honey Baked Ham makes all their money? I mean, you can make that at home. <laughs> My family makes honey baked ham at home. Right, but they also sell massive holiday meal like platters and That's packages. That's ridiculous. People do who it, man. Who is wasting their time? Who is wasting their money on that? That's the people who can who don't have time to waste, but they have money to waste. I mean, if you're if you're like that, you might as well just like get like something quick, something quick, something fast. Because like that stuff's like if you get like a honey baked ham, but it's already made and whatnot somewhere else, it's not going to be as good as if you like. You know, had that sit in your oven mm-hmm. and then pull it fresh out of there, and it's mm-hmm. nice. I mean, I'm not a big ham guy, but like, I'm pretty sure it obviously must. <laughs> she's over here giving the gagging the, over <laughs> here. No ham. I'm, I like the, uh, my family does uh, deep fried turkey okay. every year for Thanksgiving. Okay. It's amazing. It's way better than that baked stuff. Um, but like that stuff is great. Like, and there are some places around the city before you know people started really getting in on the on the deep fried turkey kick and doing it themselves. There were some places that would do it for you. And you would just like you you would get it, and then like maybe the day before Thanksgiving, you would go and pick it up. Yeah, you but like can... it's not as fresh as if you do it yourself the day of. Oh, for sure. And my big thing is, you want your house to smell like you've been cooking all day, and you want like all your senses involved. I think just... it's I think it's better when you have like some candles lit, and like you get the candle smell. Like to me, I like that. That's fake. I'm not a big because like you know some people we bring some stuff that's rank, like the stuffing oh with God. celery in it. Like that's gross. So, like, I don't like the celery smell. And keep so, vegetables out of my stuffing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> keep. Yeah, well, I don't. I don't like stuffing, anyways. But I, I damn sure don't like it with the celery in it. And that is an overpowering smell. So, yeah, get that out of here. All right. If you're so, doing, if you're doing anything that's like pre-made Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. you're lazy. Get out of here. Just go order a pizza. I'm home cooking versus prepared meals like you. What about you, Nick? I, I'm also home cooking. Yeah. The only thing that I can see about the other one is if you really suck at cooking. <laughs> it's like one of those things where you go out and you buy a cake at the store, but then you transfer it to a plate, your own storage, and then you bring it in. You're like, hey, I baked this cake. Dude, no, you're strange. No one's going to believe. If you no. if, if you can't cook, well, no one's going to believe that you baked that cake. It's not like I'm That's coming professional in and bringing look. you guys I would take, if I, I can't cook or if I can't do whatever I'm responsible for that day, I would I would take the risk of buying and making it look like it was mine over just, just like, say you didn't do it I just, like, just know your strengths i can't and, bake uh, <laughs> so if i bought cookies i'm not gonna pretend like i made the cookies i'm like i can't bake so i just bought these at, at whatever uh at sunfresh down the street that's what i would do okay next topic um are you allowed to have or is it appropriate to have football on during your dinner or lunch or meal time well, see, here my family's different from a lot of I don't we don't do like the traditional what you see in the movies and on TV where everybody sits at the big long table and mm-hmm. you know, they we all like say what we're thankful for before we start. We don't do that in my family. So what are you doing? Sitting at the couch? Ca- we just like we just like everybody's like around the house chilling. Like okay. just like uh, you're people in the living room, some people in the kitchen. So like eat kind of like grazing all day, not like meal time, sit down and have a meal. Yeah, yeah but like everybody's like, Okay, we're gonna, you know, go have the meal and like everybody'll get in a circle and say grace. And then it's just like everybody has that. It's like a battle royal for people trying to fight <laughs> over this deep fried turkey. So then um, they're not worried if the T V is on the background, no, they're fine we, with we, it. We, they, my parents do like my dad has like the double screens in the 
probably yeah, in his so living room. He's so got you know, like he's got like two things. Like he's got this Saints game that we got on here in the in the studio. He's got that on, and he's probably got like something, some some race or something on, and like that's what they got on. Some people are there. Some people are uh, in the dining room drinking, eating. Some people in the kitchen. You know, it's all spread out. It's a mass of people. So like we football do that. is okay during your yes, meal. Yes. Okay, Nick, what do you think? This is probably the most polarizing part of my family's Thanksgiving because my mom and my sister are all about, like, let's have the traditional Thanksgiving, uh-huh. like, you know, the hold hands, sing kumbaya around the table, that whole thing. <laughs> yeah, we're, And me I and my dad that. are like, but there's a great football game right, on. Right, like, right. why can't we have it on in the background? <laughs> and, like, I'm always, I'm always trying to snag the seat that peeks yes. into the living room so that <laughs> I can turn it on and at least turn it on mute and I can kind of keep up with it. Yeah. And, Zone out from the family conversation for a little bit and watch football because that's what that's what Thanksgiving's all about. It's I'm with you. So we are. I was a big family, but we were. Uh, okay, sit down at the table, say your grace, eat your meal. Everyone have conversations. Everyone contribute to the conversation. However, um, you know, meal time is like mom's in charge, right? Like mom makes the rules, like what she says goes. So it just depends on like how irritated she was by my dad. Because if she was super duper irritated by him, she would be like, we're not watching anything. Turn off the TV. We're, you know, pay attention to the family. If she was cool with him and he hadn't irritated her enough, the, the football would definitely be on in the background. We would even, like, arrange a TV, like, angle it so everybody could see. So it was like a, it's like a toss-up. Yeah, if we did the traditional sit around the long table and talk, it'd be a fight 10 minutes. <laughs> so we just don't do that. Okay, well, this goes, brings us to our next one. So at, let's say that you are having some sort of organized meal time. Is it a big old argument? Is everybody just arguing? Or is it a really good time to reminisce and tell stories? Uh, it's neither of those in my family. It's <laughs> trash talk. Like, that's what my family does. Okay. We make fun of each other. We trash talk each other. And so that's what, and it's inevitably somebody's going to take it too seriously. And then next thing you know, you're going to have a big commotion in the kitchen and stuff's going to get thrown, fight happening, stuff like that every now and then. But, like, it's, it's like, you know, because my, my family is like a, bunch of big practical jokers and whatnot and we <laughs> trash talk each other make fun of each other and so like doing the traditional sit down is not gonna be good because you know like remember that uh the dinner that they had in uh in um the nutty professor where they're just cracking jokes on each other the whole time <laughs> that's kind of how my family is we just crack jokes on each other the whole time so yeah no we don't so we you're don't. not kumbaya you're no there's not. no kumbaya it's like kumbaya <laughs> when, we, when we do grace at the beginning but then after that it's a free-for-all and then it's on all right nick what about you I feel like uh, in my Thanksgivings, it's a lot of trying to, like, deflect questions about, like, where I'm going in my life and whatnot. <laughs> I do that, too. I do <laughs> that, too. I, like, I don't know, tell anybody. I, the whole the whole time for me during the holidays is to give as little information about myself to my family as possible. Well, yeah. And you got, like, you got, like aunts and uncles and grandparents that are like, oh, so are you dating anybody? Right. Or, like, oh, yeah. like, what do you... What are you doing for work? I'm like, oh, I'm working part time at a radio station, which is cool and everything. But like, you're, you're always trying to like deflect right. the attention from yourself and move it on to something else, which is why I like having football on. Because then you, you can be like, hey, did you just see that touchdown? <laughs> so we got jokes and trash talking. So I would say arguments. We got. When we got, we it's got not <laughs> really. It's not specifically arguments. That, a real serious argument does usually doesn't break out, but it does every now and then. Every, you got like usually. Out, usually, we have dominoes to deflect from that, though. <laughs> I would say my family is a solid mixture. I would say it starts with the um, story time, if you will, but more like just memories, right? Like reliving moments or whatever. I think holidays are you just become reflective. Uh, but then it just goes into some trash talking. I have three brothers that love them to death, but they are legitimately crazy. So um, crazy things happen. But And then we 
essentially argue at the end. So, okay, next one. I am very black and white on this one. Yes or no answer only. Christmas decorations and music before Thanksgiving or wait till Thanksgiving and then go ham with Christmas. Uh, I don't think it's acceptable to play Christmas music until Thanksgiving. Bam. Um, Agreed. I do not. Uh, we On Monday, uh, we like if you listen to us, you know, uh, Chiefs coverage. We've got 7th Street Casino halftime and postgame show after the game. The, uh, the um, Arrowhead Pride tailgate brought to you by uh, Albright Buick GMC <laughs> Cadillac. Uh, I've nice typed plug. that so many times nice. on Twitter. So, But uh, you know, one of the hosts on there, Mike Welch, you can hear him on uh, KMBZ as well. Um, he came in uh, on Monday. I walk in here and he's uh, he's got a Santa hat on. It's Monday. <laughs> this past Monday, Chiefs no. Rams game. He's got a Santa hat on, and he had, like, a stack of Santa and elves hats sitting here on this table here in this studio for everyone else to wear. And none, me, Pete, Sean Barber, none of us wore the hat. Uh, Sean Barber, when we did the halftime show on Facebook Live, actually took his Santa hat off and threw it across the room because <laughs> he was like, no, it's too early for that. If you are doing Christmas before Thanksgiving, you are ridiculous, you are overdoing it, and you need something better to do with your life. Nick, we, we gotta let it breathe a little bit, people. We're uh, we're killing Christmas. If we're going too early with it, we're right. gonna overkill. Mm-hmm. And so, like, you gotta wait. I feel like post Thanksgiving, that still gives you a full month oh, to yeah. just be all in on oh, yeah. Christmas. You know, singing Christmas carols, watching Elf a million times, like all that <laughs> kind of stuff. So until CBS starts and ABC whatever start playing the Christmas cartoons and whatnot, yeah, I don't the, think it's 30, acceptable 30, to do anything. Twenty five days of Christmas, Christmas but like yeah. Lifetime has a channel devoted to Christmas. Your best movies, Lifetime, and though. I love it. I'm not gonna lie. However, I am with both of you. I wait till Thanksgiving. Appreciate Thanksgiving. Experience Thanksgiving, and then go crazy with Christmas. I'm actually one to extend it on the back end. So I, I don't. Know- I don't think it's except. I, I'm not a big fan of the Christmas music. Like, oh, I love. I, it. I, when I go, <laughs> I, this is one of the reasons why I don't go in like like going to retail establishments during this time of year because all you hear is Christmas music. And I remember I used to work in loss prevention uh, at Kmart and. It was just so annoying. I'm it's sitting in my same office, songs, like, and it's just everybody's version of Last Christmas. Everybody's version of All I Want for Christmas is You. It is ridiculous, and I hate it. I was <laughs> so tired of it. It was, uh, yeah, no, at Christmas time, it, it's so annoying if you do any sort of job that has you listen to that terrible music all day. <laughs> I got a question for you guys. Why are there never any new Christmas songs? <laughs> There's only like 15 to 20 of them, and we just kind of keep doing different versions because it's of terrible them. music that's, that's a good point like, because I mean, other like new artists will sing you know popular christmas songs and do their own spin on it shout out to nsync christmas that's what i'm talking about <laughs> that's the last that's, that's the last, last one, one I, I can think of Garby. but it's all i think, I think but beyonce all, got one but it's up. all old songs you know they're not writing their I mean, maybe they wrote a new a few no they didn't no i think they, they did i think no, they, they did merry christmas happy holidays yes, great song that's my favorite one great song so they they did their own thing however like there's gonna be the normal like last jingle Christmas bells and, yeah, here comes santa bells. claus things like that so i don't know okay so we agree to wait um i just agree don't do it <laughs> don't play the music but you got to decorate yeah you so got to de- decorate yeah. my my mom always does it on thanksgiving that's fine yeah we we always decorate the tree after thanksgiving dinner or something like that okay, my mom yeah. does it the morning you know? she does it right after breakfast she's like ready to go she's, she's like all right it's waiting time. she's waiting she'd do it earlier now she'd do it earlier but my dad's like no <laughs> Before we go to break, last one, uh, kind of the local thing here on Christmas, excuse me, on Thanksgiving. Um, She's already in the mood. Man. Merry Christmas, guys. (laughs) 
Um, you should send another text into the text line so she feels good about that. <laughs> so do you participate in going down to the plaza and watching the lights being turned no. on? No. No. I tell I think, everybody. I hear you with no. the no. I, not, I'm gonna, not this weekend. You do it next week. So we I, were here. No, I'm talking here about tonight. I'm talking about tonight oh, no. when they turn them on no, for the first it's time. It's terrible to go out. There's so many people out there. No. I say you absolutely have to do it one time and then never again. I disagree. I've never done it and I never will do it because well, I'm not. humbug you. No. No, no you don't need to do <laughs> it. Screw Juno Sarah over here. <laughs> no, I just don't think you need to go out there so that they can light something up. Oh, we turned on the lights. No. It's more than just that, though. It's literally, I don't know how many thousands of people. It's tons of people. It's tons of people. So no, it's like, I feel as if lights. you're a Kansas City and you have to experience it once. I disagree. I haven't done it, so I like. Come I on, want, man! You're killing me. No, you're I want to. to no, okay, I want yeah. to. Like, I want to go do it. I want to check it out because it looks pretty cool, and it's like, it's like our own little version of like the New Year's Rock and Eve thing. You yeah. know, like it's kind of all of Kansas City comes together for some some live music. We flip on the lights. You got Gary Lezak out there. I mean, hanging. Yep. Yeah, I like exactly. Gary. Oh, yeah, Gary's yeah. cool. The Big Chiefs fan. are usually Big down fan. there. They usually have a fun person who actually flips on the lights. Uh, my time as a Chiefs cheerleader, we went down there and we had a really fun time performing there. The fans were amazing. It was I know, great. Uh, I know Ron Hughley from uh, from Show and Vern, ten to two weekdays, six ten. Hey. Uh, I know he's actually hosted the the yeah. uh, the um, plaza lighting ceremony, ceremony yeah. before. I think he's done it a few times. Um, but it's you know it's absolutely ridiculous. I heard a pro <laughs> tip though uh, from my friend's dad today. He said that they test the lights at like one a.m. like a week before. So if you want to, if, if you, you want to do it, that's the, that's the day to do it. Thing, but you want to see them flip. That's that the on, day to do it. You go out there. There's no one else out there. It'll be on like a Monday night. I was gonna say what night? Can you could you imagine like after the bars being one o'clock and all of a sudden I'll, the lights are on? You're like, what day is it? Yeah, you're like, What's how happening? long was I in there? I, I'll I, tell you, I the lights happy hour early. The lights you want to check out are the Vincent Associates lights over there at uh, Metcalf. Oh, oh yeah. that go with the music. Yeah, they go with the music. There's like that church you can park across the street and then oh, listen no, to the music no, there on your. Uh, <laughs> that, that's a pro tip right there. Do that. Don't do the plaza lights. Do that. That's actually really entertaining to watch. All right, thanks for listening to our Thanksgiving fun. When we come back, we are gonna jump into UMKC. Don't go anywhere. Jillian Carroll and Uno Cero. And we are back, Jillian Carroll and Uno Cero on 610 Sports Radio. We are turning the tables to UMKC Athletics, who have been just buzzing lately. Just super exciting things happening over there. Um, I had a really great time chatting with uh, women's head coach J.C. Hoyt as she was driving back from Tulsa, Oklahoma. The women's team went down and played Oral Roberts. Uh, The team hopped on the bus at about 930 after the game to head home to be home for um, not only practice, but also if anyone had families here or at least be together to have some holiday time here. Um, but JC, instead of hopping on the bus to come back, she actually stayed the night and um, made it a recruiting trip as well. And that to me is um, just kind of like an inkling, just the smallest inkling of who she is as a coach and how dedicated she is. So had a really great conversation with her. Um, if you're not sure who she is, she is the women's head coach at UMKC, like we just said. Um, very young, but very sharp woman. Um, standout player at Wichita State. Isn't she really young, too? Yes. I want to say 32. I don't have the exact age. I know. I'm, <laughs> I wanted to have that. But I want to say 32 at the oldest. Um, 
phenomenal woman, though. You, just from literally one 40-minute conversation, she's just one of those people who you listen to what she says about not only her team and the program, but the game. Um, she's just, she's got a, she's a sharp one, and she's somebody who I'm telling you, you want to listen to, like listen to how she acts, interacts with her players, how she coaches. She's going to be one um, that's going to do big things. The so. fact that she was so willing to, you know, on a holiday, stay and go on a recruiting trip, and you know, you know, do some recruiting there. That shows that she's really dedicated because there's a lot of coaches who are like, eh, you know, I, maybe I can have one of my assistant coaches do that because there's right. a lot of them who do delegate recruiting to their assistant coaches. Or maybe what they do is they'll they'll just be like, you know, we'll we'll come another time. The fact that she was so willing to go out there and do that and say, you know what, I trust my team to be able to go and be mature enough to take care of themselves on this trip. I'm going to stay here and I'm going to do what I got to to make sure my team's better. That is certainly a really good sign for them and certainly something that you can look at uh, if you are the new athletic director at UMKC, uh, Brandon Martin, and you're looking at that and it's like, okay, she's really dedicated to this. I like that. Absolutely. I think and it speaks volumes to her players too. The fact that she, the players can see that she's all in, you know, what she values and she's not letting half a day go by without her making progress with the program. So really cool woman. Um, she had a lot of good things to share um, about the team. It's a really young team. She has 10 new players. She only has two returners. And of the two, only one saw time last year. The other one was um, out with an injury. Oh, wow. So, yeah, she spoke about some things just really needing to come together as a team. But also, she's like, you know, I have to coach procedures. Like, I never anticipated having to go over just a simple thing like how to check into the game. So, when you have so many new players to a Division One program, um, she's like, I just didn't anticipate that. So, um, really cool things to, to hear from her. Uh, Probably a lot of players who, because how many, do you know how many were transferred from like Juco? She did have one transfer. Yeah. Cause I know like, cause I know like, I remember last year I was producing the UMKC, not UMKC, but uh, Johnson County Community College uh, women's games over mm-hmm. on 1660 the score. And a lot of those women were looking to move on sure. and transfer to D1 programs so that they can try and see if they can, you know, see what happens there. See maybe if they could go pro somewhere in the world if not here in the u.s you know a lot of those players were trying to go out there and and get to a d1 school if they don't plan on going pro maybe just so they can get to a four-year school and get that scholarship and they can get their education and you know find a career post college like that's you know that's just really important so uh, i think that's something that you know would definitely be uh you know important for her is looking to try to see if she can get some of those juco transfers right and she did speak very highly of the Ju- the juco transfer that she had is is erica mattingly um she spoke really highly of her um and just who as a leader she will be on the field on the court and off the court so that's impressive there um and then she talked about uh, just the core values that she wants the program to continue to operate off of, which are passion, serving others around you. So they have a saying, it's we, not me, which is, you know, obviously when you're a part of a team, you have to recognize that you're part of something larger than yourself. So it's a we, not me. She also said family is huge for them. Um, toughness and a growth mindset. So toughness, she specified, obviously, physically, uh, but mentally and emotionally as well. And she said when they are so young and don't have a lot of upperclassmen to look up to or to lean on, um, it has to be a focus of their team. So, And then that growth mindset. Um, and she continued to talk about how she wants, as in the position that she has, that she can mold these players, but also molding like women. So just growing up, um, just life experiences, things like that. 
So they had a tough schedule. Um, Very tough. I'm looking at it right now. <laughs> right. This, it, they, they played Kansas. Uh, at Kansas. At Kansas. <laughs> then they went to the University of Denver. Mm-hmm. Then they went to Manhattan and they played Kansas State. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, you know, as you just noted, they just uh, played Oral Roberts on Tuesday. Uh, they're they're 0-4 on the season, and they've got some really t- you know they got tough games going uh, coming up here soon. They're going to play the 21st ranked uh, Missouri. Uh, look at the Lady Tigers is is what they call them. Uh, but Missouri's team is ranked 21st in the nation, so that is going to be a very tough game uh, at Mizzou Arena. And um, yeah, they, they're traveling a lot. They're going to a lot of different places. And they're playing a lot of really tough teams. So, you know, as you notice, she said she wants toughness from her players. Right. This will be a big test of their toughness because they're playing a lot of women who are really, really talented and they're playing them in their house. So right. that's something that's going to be really difficult for them. Yeah, and she just spoke about that. Hopefully, the, you know, the strength of schedule, everything will balance out. But she actually looked at it as a positive to start the season that way. Um, and now moving forward, they do host George Mason, uh, I believe, tomorrow night. Um, yeah, tomorrow, 2 p.m. So- 2 p.m. at Sweeney Rec Center. That'll be a tough game. Um, they'll now have – so they just came off of two games in three days um, with only seven players. So they're hurting right now. They're just kind of grinding it out right now. They've got a few injuries. Um, but she said, you know, she's just looking for as far as offenses, the offensive side of things, she's looking for players to step up and really own that role. So she's looking to build confidence, which takes time in reps, obviously. Um, defensively, she's looking for just a little bit more consistency. She said they were really hot. Um, one of the best halves against K-State, but then they also had some really cold moments too. Um, and one thing that I really appreciated that she was able to recognize is her team, you know, young, we said, freshmen, 10 new players, no, not a lot of experience. She said, we really have to focus and learn how to follow a scouting report. So obviously you can be an athlete all your life. You play at your high school, you're a top dog. Now you go D1, where in high school there might be one strong player across from you and the other five. Now you're going D1 where it's usually at least three out of five are just ballers, right, or just high-level players. So she said really just teaching them and coaching them how to follow the scouting report, which is I thought that was a cool point. Um, but moving forward, let's jump over, of course, looking forward to J.C. Hoyt and the women uh, this tomorrow night hosting George Mason. But let's turn the tables over to the men's side of things. Um, had a chance to attend the Drake at UMKC game last night, which I had a blast. So is that municipal? I hadn't been to a game there yet. The The court is beautiful. It's I great. I love the it. The skyline, I had never seen that. Mm-hmm. Ooh, I was impressed. So had a chance to chat, ch- chat with Xavier Bishop, player of the game, like we talked about earlier. I think it's three games in a row with 20-point efforts. Uh, the kid's amazing. Let's hear from him right now. And joined now by player of the game, Xavier Bishop. Heck of a game. What are your thoughts just overall? Uh, I felt we competed, played a good defense. You know, we went on uh, stretches where, you know, we didn't have communication and, you know, didn't talk and, you know, they made some big plays. Uh, I feel we, we killed ourselves from the free throw line, myself included. I, I That was very uncharacteristic of me at the free throw line, 6 for 10. But uh, we just got to move on, you know, learn from this game, uh, execute down the stretch, you know. We'll, but, but, but I'm confident in my guys will be fine. And how are you feeling about your performance? 27 points on the night, um, but you're consistent about that. So you're constantly producing for the team. How are you feeling right now about your performance? I'm feeling okay. Uh, you know, I'll be feeling a lot better if, uh, you know, I could have led the team to a victory. But uh, I-, I feel like I played good. I-, I missed open shots. You know, I couldn't get it going from behind the arc. So, you know, I had to help. 
I had to help the team, you know, uh, from different aspects of the game. You know, I felt like I played very good defense, pressured the other team's guard, and, you know, just pushed the ball, attacked the basket, you know. So, you know, I just got to find find ways to keep, you know, keep producing for my team, no matter if it's offense or on defense. You know, I just got to – we got to just – I just got to help us find a way to get a victory. Yeah, all right, moving forward, uh, do you have any personal goals and then do you have any team goals for the season? Um, To be honest, I haven't really thought about, you know, too many personal goals, honestly, but – um. You know, I just me. I wanna, I wanna lead us to a WAC championship. You know, regular season, and you know, just right now, I'm taking it day by day with this, with the team. You know, we all are, but uh, we definitely want to compete for a WAC championship. You know, uh, we've lost a couple games, some tough ones. You know, um, but we're gonna figure it out. Get back to work tomorrow, and you know, just, just continue to work in the gym, continue to get better. Awesome. Well, good luck. We uh, look forward to covering you a lot this season. Um, best of luck to you in the games to come. When are you guys back at home? When can people come out and watch? Um, I think we're back at home this Saturday against Avila. So. All right. Good luck and happy Thanksgiving. Thank you. You too. That was standout player and player of the game, Xavier Bishop. So cool to hear, um, you know, a few minutes later I spoke with um, head coach Kareem Richardson. And, you know, he said, and you'll hear it, but the leadership role that Xavier Bishop has, what he plays, is amazing. And when you look at the guy, he's so unassuming. He's maybe 5'7", braces, looks so young, but just balls out every game. Just was all over the floor, both sides of the ball, um, did his thing. So let's hear now uh, Kareem Richardson, head coach of UMKC Basketball. Joined now by head coach Kareem Richardson. After a tough match, uh, just tell me back up a little bit from this evening and talk a little bit about how your team is coming together. It's early in the season, a lot of excitement around UMKC right now. How do you feel the team's coming together? Well, I, I thought they, uh, we're, we're coming slowly but surely. You know, I think we're, we're close, as crazy as it sounds, uh, to the outsider. I thought uh, over the weekend when we were in Eastern Washington, we played back-to-back games. I thought we played three really good halves there. Uh, and then coming into this game, I thought we, thought we competed really for, for uh, two halves. You know, we had some slippage there, but, uh, but I, I really think if we can continue to defend like we have for the, those last three halves, we'll, we'll give ourselves a chance. So talk to uh, Xavier Bishop after tonight, player of the game, 27 points on the evening, but a consistent producer for the team. What does he bring to the floor? Uh, he's bring, he, he's very competitive, uh, a, a great deal of leadership for us. You know, he's a, he's a captain for us, and uh, he's really stepped up his leadership role both on and off the floor. You know, he's not he's not a vocal guy by trait, uh, but he's he's really gotten himself out of out of his comfort zone, and he's he's talking, he's leading, he's coming to. It's pretty cool. He's coming to timeouts, and you know, I don't have to say a whole lot. He's in there talking. He's got a great uh, IQ of the game. You know, he's talking to guys and giving instruction, and usually when you're when the peers are doing it that's that's when you're uh you can really really see a difference sure um big match here it was home opener uh speaking about speaking with xavier he said right straight out we have a goal of winning the WAC championship is that something that you feel this team can do this year yeah if we if we keep climbing like we the way we have we uh you know we got uh, we have the, the this mountaintop in our in our locker room and and there's there's going to be a lot there's going to be adversity to get up that mountaintop and we, we're certainly at right now we we're, we're hitting some adversity um, but if we if we don't flinch at it and we 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 make up our minds to uh, to learn from it we, we'll have a chance we'll have a chance 
And in regards to UMKC Athletics in general, um, really big announcement, bringing in a new athletic director, Dr. Brandon Martin, already seems to be welcomed with open arms. What do you think he's going to do for UMKC Athletics? Well, I think he's going to bring, a, a, a you know, just a, a fresh new uh, start and outlook on things. He's, he's got great enthusiasm. Uh, you know, the first meeting, you could you could feel his passion, and and, and you know, some a lot of people bring that, but you, it's a true passion. He he, he spoke from the heart, and uh, you know, I think he's going to be able to do some things fundraising wise uh, to really help the program. That, that's kind of one of his his area of expertise with fundraising, and so so we're going to need that. And and uh, you know, for for me, I'm, it might be a guy that I can lean on for basketball. He played at USC, uh, played professionally. He knows the game, so it'll be you know. Once he gets here, it'd be kind of cool to, to have a guy that you could kind of maybe bounce some things off of if he's not out, out fundraising. Very good. Very good. We'll look forward to covering you a lot this year. Um, best of luck to you. Really quickly, with the holidays, can you give me two things you're thankful for, other than, of course, your team here? Yeah, uh, uh, my boys are here. Um, thankful thankful for my, my two two boys being here uh, and uh, uh, you know so so it's cool and and obviously uh, you know it's been it's been rocky for my mom uh, the last last year or so health wise and just to have her uh, uh, honestly with us is is uh, is really thankful and see her slowly but surely climbing out uh, you know those two things obviously are first and foremost all right big things to come this year thank you so much for the time today thank you Kareem Richardson and Xavier Bishop, awesome guys. Uh, first of all, obviously, we're happy in, in, in sending our prayers to his mother, Kareem Richardson's mother, doing well, so that's wonderful. Um, loved the fact that he was able to openly talk about, you know, like we said earlier, Xavier Bishop's influence, and his peers respect him, and they listen to him. So to have him hop in the huddle and, and, and pointing and coaching, it's pretty cool. Um, and I think that speaks volumes as a coach for somebody who is – recognize that player's impact and, yeah, let and him it do makes that. his job easier too because like that's <laughs> like that's something that like every coach wants they want a guy like that that's going to go out there and take charge on the court and be like hey you do this you do this you do this like every coach wants that if you look at like lebron james lebron james makes his coach's jobs a whole hell of a lot easier because his coach is like okay i know you got the on-court stuff lebron i'll make sure i'll take care of the the substitutions and everything but you got the on-court stuff it makes his job a lot easier. So when you are a guy like Kareem and you're looking to try to establish some sort of momentum, you want a guy that people can look at and like that guy buys into my system, buys into the coach's system. That guy is leading out on the floor, so he's going to get the other people to buy in as well. Right. At least is what you hope. You know, the other guys will buy in because they see the guy that's leading the charge right. and leading by example. So um, certainly, that's that's one of the reasons why Bishop is so important to. Uh, Kareem Richardson is because that's a guy that buys into the system that can go out there and influence the guys that are playing with uh, Bishop, and that's something that he needs. Right, so to be the guy, you have to be the guy, and Xavier Bishop's the guy. So it was pretty cool to watch him last night and then talk to him. Um, Also, you heard Coach talking about, hey, we're meeting this adversity head on and we're continuing to climb this mountain, and they believe they they are in the running for a WAC championship. So obviously we're supporting them as they go through the season. Um, they played a difficult schedule too. I mean, they they, they played they faced Iowa at Iowa. They faced UConn at UConn. You know, Moorhead State. Uh, you know, they just you know they, I know they just had a game against Drake. Um, mm-hmm. You know, like I mean, they're they're playing some tough games here 
they're playing some tough teams here. And, you know, they're playing teams that, um, you know, like, like Creighton. They got Creighton later on in the season, Central Michigan. Um, I mean, it, obviously in the WAC, you know, generally we're looking at that. And, like, yeah, you know, UKC has a really good chance to beat them. But they're also playing some really tough games as well. Um, certainly not an easy schedule, especially as you play early in the season. We just talked about this with the women's team. Right. Where they play really difficult schedule early on. Um, it's really important for players not to get demoralized. Cause. No, and that gets back to, like, what's the culture of the team? You mm-hmm. know, and if it's a family and if it's a we, not me, you know, we're all in this together, Yeah. then you can use those early losses as a positive. I mean, as a coach, I know I, I don't want my kids winning every match for the first mm-hmm. six matches. What are they thinking towards the end? Yeah, because if, if they face adversity, they're right. not going to be prepared yeah. for it. And right now, if you're looking at these two uh, UMKC uh, basketball teams, They've faced a ton of adversity early on, mm-hmm. and if they can get some wins under their belt, yeah. you know, coming on the rest the next month or so, they can start picking up some wins and get some momentum. It's going to help them once we get to the next year, because or just in the long of, run of the season. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like once we get to like 2019 and we start seeing them build some confidence up, next thing you know, they might make a run and win their uh, conference titles, and For all sure. of a sudden. We'll see what happens from there. Maybe they can make a run, you know? Yeah. It's very, very important that they get off the schneid here and get these wins. Which they will. Other big things happening at UMKC. Women's volleyball coach, coach of the conference. Congratulations to her. Women's soccer went very deep into the playoffs. Really big things with UMKC athletics. And then a recent announcement. Obviously, we heard Coach Richardson talk about it. New athletic director, Dr. Brandon Martin. Um really big big presence i feel like he's gonna have at umkc coach uh kareem richardson said he brings passion and focus on family um he he even has a lot of basketball expertise and experience played at usc played professionally um so kareem richardson is excited about just the fresh vibes he's gonna bring and i know you mentioned um, Uh, he he was also uh he was at oklahoma he was a senior associate director uh, for administration at Oklahoma, which means he oversaw sports like men's basketball. Uh, he hired Lon Kruger, uh, who, you know, we know has had a lot of success for the Sooners <laughs> there on their basketball team. Uh, you know, didn't really have the ending that he would have liked there at Cal State Northridge. Uh, he was he resigned after he got into a verbal altercation with uh, then-basketball coach Reggie Theus, who, former NBA player, former NBA coach as well. Uh, they had a verbal altercation. Both guys were dismissed. Um, so it didn't end the way that he wanted. But the fact that he has been involved with successful programs, that you know he's, he obviously knows how to get coaches to come play for him. Reggie Theus is a big name. Um, he's the one. You know, he he was part of that process of bringing Lon Kruger to Oklahoma. This guy knows what he's doing, and uh, certainly something that is going to be really really positive for the university. And hopefully, with his presence there, UMKC is able to make some big strides as far as uh, you know improving their sports and being able to being able to improve their program so that they can start competing at a much bigger level. Right, the writing's on the wall. The talent is there. The programs are there. So now it's just a matter of like JC Hoyt was saying, get the reps in. Um, trust the process and proceed. So really cool things uh, happening at UMKC. If you can catch them, women tomorrow at Sweeney and the men back at Municipal on Saturday. Yep. Uh, women play George Mason, 2 o'clock tomorrow. It's uh, yeah, Sweeney, Swiney. I, when I went to UMKC, we called it Swiney. Okay. Uh, Swiney. At, uh, at yeah, Swiney Recreation Center, 2 p.m. George Mason. And then uh, UMKC men, they play um, – 
uh, no, Avila. They play Avila, the Avila Eagles, I think, uh, at Muni, 2 p.m. on Saturday. All right, when we come back, we're switching gears to MLS Cup playoffs. Don't go anywhere. Jillian Carroll and Uno Cero. back talking sporting kansas city the boys in blue doing their thing this year i think we use the boys in blues to blue boys in blue too much for our our local teams because we call the royals the boys in blue now we're obviously calling sporting kansas city the boys in blue i'm pretty sure jayhawks fans call their team the boys in blue don't you call your, your guys have you heard yeah, boys yeah. in blue for jayhawks it just, it just flows it's just really too well, much you know? it's like, too everybody like uses it too much yeah. right on. now we have the chiefs that were red and sporting that wears blue Every so, team here wears blue. We're going with the boys in blue. Not besides the Chiefs. the Chiefs. Or the Mavericks. I don't know what their colors are. Orange they are and whatever. orange and orange and orange and light blue. And orange. And more orange, yeah. And then maybe some white and maybe some black. I think there were some black, too. Depends on the year. However, we are talking about the boys in sporting blue. How That's about bad. that? That's okay? Bad. I appreciate that. Sporting blue. Uh, crushed it throughout the season. Crushed the uh, knockout round, the quarterfinals, and are headed to the Western Conference final. I mean, they embarrassed Real Salt Lake in the that final game at, at Children's Mercy Park. They were down a man in that second half, and they just embarrassed them. It's playoff soccer, man. That was a <laughs> heck of a Rich game. Shallow, we scored that goal at the end. To go up for two, I was just laughing. It was it was a it was funny. It was during the uh, post game show. I think it was was it for the Browns game. I think it was, I think yeah. I think it was uh, the Browns game. And I was just sitting in there in the control room, producing that and watching the game at the same time, and just laughing at the embarrassment that took place for uh, for Real Salt Lake losing the way that they did. It was hilarious. It was a great time for me. It was a good. Uh... Two-leg series, good for sporting, um, good soccer. Um, but for the first time in a long time, sporting got that far because they got past the knockout round. So sporting Kansas City, um, I mean, is it eight trophies? Is it? No, it's not. It's eight years in playoffs. Yeah. It's how many Lamar, Lamar Hunt U.S. Open Cup trophies? Let's go. 2004, 2012. 2015 and 2017. That's four. So that would be for Open Cup. Supporter Shield in 2000. Mm-hmm. MLS Cup Champs in 2000. And, and then And 2013. So it's been a little while, but the last time the Sporting Kansas City, the last time Sporting Kansas City hosted uh, the playoff match knockout round was when they made it all the way through, which mm-hmm. is 2013, which mm-hmm. was an amazing year. So yes. they're due for it. The writing's on the wall now. They've done so far so good. Um, they got past knockout, which has put them out, put them out in the past, like we talked about. They were out. They got – They didn't have it, to play Houston. And 2015 was, was Portland. 2016 yeah. they were out. 2017 was Houston. Yeah. Um, they, they, Houston has been, like, their, their, uh, their biggest rival in the playoffs, especially when it gets to the playoffs. And it's usually like me and Julio talked about this before. Like, uh, you know, it's Houston. It's that those damn Houston Dynamo that always do the the Sporting Kansas City team in. And so it was really nice to see Houston not make the playoffs this year. And it was really nice to see Sporting actually get that first round by in the playoffs. It was very important that they get that. 
Exactly. And that's why they've made it thus, so thus far, excuse me. Um, so we got a chance to this week uh, out. I was out at training a couple weeks, couple days this week, excuse me, and caught up with Tim Melia, talked to Roger Espinoza and talked to Daniel Shallowy. I think these three represent uh, really strong pieces of who the team are. Um, obviously, Golden Boot winner Daniel Shallowy doing his thing offensively. Roger Espinoza, just a heck of a year, man. Um, and when he is on, he just is such a force in the midfield and does so much for sporting. And then the man, the myth, the legend, Tim Melia in the back doing his thing. So let's jump right into hearing from Tim. Got a chance to speak with him on his specific journey. Talked a little bit about Portland. He was not in. So he the 2015 double post phenomenon, the game that I was referring to earlier. Well, it's wild because Tim Milia actually exited the game with an injury. So I asked him, you know, hey, like, are you, do you have, do you wish you were in the game? Do you, how do you feel about that? And let's just hear from Tim on what he has to say about Portland and the playoffs. So joined here with Tim Milia. Uh, Tim, we've got to start off the show. It is obviously Thanksgiving. So 32 years old, eight-year veteran of MLS. I mean, I could imagine there's so many things you're thankful for. Top three things, what would they be? Ooh, good question. Um, of course, my family, my kid, my wife, all the uh, tremendous support staff I have. Um, thankful to be able to play at a club like this and thankful to still be playing yeah, of course. <laughs> at this point of the year. Of course. Um, let's just jump right into talking about playing. Obviously, you guys are headed to Portland, and if there's any team when it gets down to playoffs, is there more of a rivalry between anyone besides you guys in Portland, would you say? Um, I think the rivalries almost go out the window in the playoffs. I mean, there's obviously the Seattle-Portland or the ones that are existent for years before, the Cascadia Cups, things like that. Um, as you saw in our last game, it's just going to be an incredible KG. Everyone's fighting for every inch. It's going to be an exciting game, and it's two really good environments. I think for the MLS, Portland's got a, a great fan base, and then obviously when you get to come here and play at Children's Mercy Park, it's an even better environment. So setting up to be really good games talking about the environments uh, headed to portland first they are undefeated since back in august how much momentum is that going to provide for them if any i don't think it is i I mean i think we got the better of them a little bit during the regular season but i don't think that carries much weight at this point uh the playoffs are an entirely different beast uh different formations different different coaching tactics players are in different positions or maybe they're just we didn't have a full team at point. They didn't have a full team. I think once the playoffs get going, it's just such a momentum within the playoffs, not leading up to it. It's can the team start to connect and click at that time within the playoffs to get them through each round. Sure. Talking about playoffs, one specific match between Sporting and Portland, I feel like you can't talk about these two teams and not mention the double post fiasco. Uh, but specifically, you left the game with an injury, so you didn't experience that. Do you have any sort of uh, unfinished business type feeling or any feeling about that at all? Um, not necessarily towards Portland. Obviously, that was a gut-wrenching uh, result for us and to, you know, be inches away from going through and you know having opportunities to put penalties away in multiple rounds and not being able to accomplish it was obviously a, a huge letdown for us but I just think the the amount of opportunities you get to play in a final even though it's a conference final it's still a final uh, they don't come by very often and it's it's such an exciting 
atmosphere to be in and it's you work all season to get yourself in this position and the games just become so so back and forth because no one wants to give that little inch away or make that mistake that leads to the result that's not favorable towards that team nice um Earlier in the week, Portland head coach Gio Severici mentioned that Peter Vermees is a very detail-oriented coach. Do you agree, and what does that mean to you? Uh, completely, I, and I think it's something I've said in numerous interviews. It's that everyone knows exactly what their job is, and it's something that's so important to the structure of the way we play. Um, it, it's why we are capable of plugging guys in and out of the lineup and shifting around things. It's because that when it, players come onto the team, and they play within the system, they know that they have to perform in a certain way. And it's it's practice from beginning of preseason, and it's developed, and we try to get better and better at it each game. Awesome. Well, obviously, best of luck. Can't wait to watch you guys in Portland, and then when you get back, and then when the Big Cup comes, right? I hope so. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. Tim Melia, what a guy. Uh, on and off the pitch, he is a remarkable keeper. Uh did some huge things last year. Always doing some big things. He was this goalie year. of the year last year. Right? He was absolutely. Um, but I just love what he was talking about as far as the environments. Uh, I know, obviously, with Sporting Kansas City last year, the number one place that I was eager to get to and experience an MLS match in would have been Portland. Yeah, and- Portland is always raucous. It's crazy. It was surprising seeing that when they first uh, were were pushed up to the MLS because I didn't. Expect that from oh a team Oh, my gosh. Like they that. are soccer city. Yeah, they It's are. insane for they their women's it. team and their men's mm-hmm. team. So when I went last year, uh, I was able to catch both game- matches. So the Portland Thorns hosted Orlando Pride. Uh, that was, I don't know, like a noon game maybe? And the place was packed. Absolutely packed for an NWSL game. Now, granted, Marta was on the pitch. Uh, Christine Sinclair was on the pitch. All of these amazing women and amazing athletes um, but I think even without those those big names, those matches, those women's NWSL matches are packed, absolutely yeah. full. Like I'm talking 15,000 plus fans. Um, and then so fast forward, that was a noon match. I think the you know, Portland Timbers, Sporting Kansas City was a 7 p.m. And then again, they came back <laughs> in full force and it was in a crazy environment. Sporting stole a point there. It was a nil-nil um match last year but like you said earlier actually they did their thing uh sporting handled portland quite well this year but as tim pointed out you kind of got to put that in the past this is now playoffs this is a different beast this is going to be um everything that's happened up until you know today or sunday is in the past it does it's irrelevant so the environments are going to be huge because i you know they're undefeated since august so i figure that would bring some momentum but he shut that down quickly (laughs) I mean, obviously, he wants to stay level-headed, but you haven't lost to Portland since August 7th of 2016. That's the last time you lost to them. You didn't lose to them this year. You outscored them 3-0 in the two games that you played them in. So you should feel confident. Mm -hmm. This team's not good defensively at all. They gave up 53 goals on the year, 10 more than you did. They scored 10 less goals than you did. They had a plus-seven goal differential. Sporting, I think, had a a Mm plus-27. So Sporting should be able to win this series. I mean, you would think... A team with that those credentials going into the playoffs would be able to beat a team like Portland that has had trouble keeping teams off the scoreboard. And again, all of those things to say, this is playoffs. This is something different. So you never know. Uh, he said it at opportunities. They don't come like this. They don't come along often. So he's going to seize the day. And then just the utmost confident in Peter Vermees, the structure and detail-oriented um, approach that he has that allows to plug guys in and out. And as we know, 
they have so many weapons. So really cool to hear from Tim. Don't go anywhere. We will hear from Roger Espinoza and Daniel Shalloway when we Shalloway when we return. Jillian Carroll and Uno Cero. Sporting Kansas City doing phenomenally well 2018 season, of course, heading to Portland Sunday. Uh, had a chance to speak with Roger Espinoza today. As we know, Roger spent some time with Sporting Kansas City, went overseas, came back, has not yet claimed an MLS Cup championship. And I was able to hear his thoughts on that. Joined now by midfielder Roger Espinoza. Roger, for half to pick your brain about what's going on lately. Um, but first and foremost, happy Thanksgiving. Is that something that you observe now that you've been in the States for a little while? First of all, thanks for having me on the show. Um, yeah, happy Thanksgiving to you too. Uh, yes, I mean, I actually uh, moved here when I was 11 years old, so it, it became part of the culture for us. The only difference is that we include Honduran food and <laughs> and uh, the American style, the culture here. So. Uh, we do it the traditional way here, and we also do the, the Honduran way. So it's good. You get best of both worlds. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, uh, you know, sometimes I haven't been able to uh, to celebrate it due to uh, being overseas or whatever. But, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's, I always eat a lot of food. I don't know how I'm going to deal with it tonight, <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> Very good. Um, well, I want to talk a little bit about your history. Um, you talked about being in the States for a long time now, but with sporting Kansas City specifically. So played from 08 to 2012 from the Kansas City Wizards and then obviously the rebrand sporting Kansas City. Took some time overseas, came back. So 2015 through the current 2018 <clears throat> season. Uh, you've experienced a lot of championships. Two Open Cup championships, three Open Cup championships. Um Lots of good things here and some things away, obviously representing your country of Honduras, but you have yet to claim an MLS title, an MLS Cup title. So how motivated are you right now to add that to your collection of, um, of, of championships? Yes, yeah, uh, definitely been a great run here in Kansas City uh, from the Wizards and uh, now Sporty. Like I said, um, it's been amazing. And, um, you know, ever since uh, I've been working to um, – to reach that goal, um, you know, uh, collectively, collectively and individually, you know, to be the best I can as a team to win championships. And uh, like I say, you know, the, um, MLS Cup is definitely something that uh, is in the back of my mind. It's a dream of mine. Um, we're closer than ever now. Um, <clears throat> this year, you know, when I come in, uh, that's my goal. And now that we're close to that, um, you know, you can't think about work harder and harder. You know, that's why we're practicing here on Thanksgiving Day, and uh, we want to keep going forward. And for me, uh, I know I'll give everything I got uh, in this next game to uh, to reach that goal. So you talked a little bit about it now being closer than ever. Um, let's go back to 2015, 2016, 2017. The, that run of the knockout round uh, when Sporting Kansas City exited the playoffs. So you got past that ho because you hosted uh, – a playoff game. So tell me a little bit about why this year um, means maybe a little bit more just because of the, that history. Um, I mean, I, I feel like being knocked out um, in the past four years, um, it's not a good feeling. And every year you say you're going to do it, you're going to do it mentally. 
you know, hey, this is this is enough. We gotta we gotta get better. Uh, we got a great facility, but we got a, a great infrastructure to build from that. Expectations are higher, um, you know, and guys get tired of it. And let's not forget, we also added some uh, some good guys to the team, and you know, we our mentality changed. Um, you know, our mentality definitely changed over the years, and you know, we we said, hey, our goal this season is to need to host a game, uh, but also we need to fight to finish in the number one if we can and uh, that was our main goal every time we reminded ourselves of that throughout the year there were some tough moments in the summer but uh, we we've been through that before and we knew that hey um, you know being good at home was important and I think we we did we reached all those goals and now we like you said we we had that game at home and I think that's that's everything to being in the playoffs and uh now we're at this situa- in this situation because of uh, uh, the expectation we put for ourselves at the beginning of the season. Awesome. You mentioned a little bit about it, but many offensive players added this year who've made a huge impact um, on your game, I think, especially. So nine assists and 47 shots, not only credit to you for creating those opportunities, earning those opportunities, but also the guys that have been brought in. Um, how much have they influenced your game specifically? Yeah, I mean, you can see nine assists. I think uh, uh, kind of speaks for itself. I just got to pass the ball to those guys, and they go and score, <laughs> and they make go. me look good. <laughs> so, uh, no, but, yeah, I mean, um, I think a lot of my assists come through uh, Johnny, who plays on my side. Um, just got to give him the ball, and he does the rest. <laughs> uh, those guys have been, uh, you know, Felipe, uh, who's, uh, you know, you look at it, he just doesn't, uh, you know, just give assist or is an offensive player. He's also defense a lot. So, uh, and that part helps the team he, uh, immensely. Uh, you know, still in two games, intercepting two balls in uh, a game. I mean, uh, it's it's huge. That's what I tell Daniel sometimes. Hey, all you have to do is recover one ball, <laughs> one ball, and he puts the other team on their toes. And and the rest, you need to score three goals too. So, but I uh, know those guys have been great for us. Uh, Daniel um, maturing more, mm-hmm. uh, Felipe coming in and helping. We have uh, Johnny on the right side, uh, who with a lot of experience. Uh, Diego is also, you know, maturing more, um, and Johan, who has contributed a lot this year. Maybe he hasn't been started the, the whole time, but uh, it it pushes everybody in the back. Hey, you know, we gotta we can't slack. We gotta play well. We gotta practice hard uh, because you got another great player behind you. You have uh, Namath who, who uh, came. Uh, later in the, in the team, and then we have um, Fontas, and all those guys are pushing the team higher, and the expectations and the uh, experience of the team and the competition becomes higher and higher. That can only help us, uh, you know, to to be better. And I think uh, that's what those guys, those new guys brought. You know, they brought the, the experience and that competitiveness that we didn't have maybe before. Awesome. And now looking at the opponent, Portland. Got some history with them. Uh, things come to mind like the double post game and, and just Portland in general. I feel like they always bring you a good match. You always give them a good match. Um, what are going to be the keys to getting past them? You know, we have to keep playing the way we've been playing. I think uh, that shouldn't change at all. Um, you know, we've done it well throughout the season. Um, you know, they're a whole different team, so we got to be careful on that. They're a whole different team than when we played them earlier. And we know that, and that's a good thing, uh, you know. But I feel like if we play our game uh, the way we do, it's it's um, 
I have no doubt that we're going to end up, uh, you know, in a, in a positive note. Perfect. Well, best of luck to you. We can't wait to watch. And then obviously when you come back home, we'll be there supporting you. Thank right. you so much. Thank you. Roger Espinoza, you heard it. He said when we play our game, I have no doubt that we are going to do the big thing. So really great to hear from him. Uh, he's had a journey, a uh, lot of good things, but he is in search of that one MLS Cup championship that he hasn't had yet. So when we return, we'll hear from Golden Boot winner Daniel Shallowy. Jillian Carroll and Uno Cero. So great to hear from Tim Milia and Roger Espinoza. Now we will hear from, as we said thousands of times, Golden Boot winner Daniel Shallowy. Joined now by Golden Boot winner, uh, winger, of course, Daniel Shallowy. Thank you so much for being here on Thanksgiving. I appreciate your time. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. Um, so it is Thanksgiving, and you've been in the United States for four years, obviously um, from Hungary. Your family's in Hungary, but you have a bit of a family here now. You're a part of the homegrown system. Um, came over, and I believe you're in Overland Park. Is that yes. where you live? Okay. So um, what does Thanksgiving mean to you, if anything at all? Well, I only saw it in movies when I came here, <laughs> and uh, I've, I've never experienced it. So it was a pretty cool uh a feeling when uh, you know I saw the turkey and uh, you know everybody from the family I, when I, I was with the Perrys and uh, they they have a big family and everybody came over and it was just you know it, it was an awesome feeling what I always wanted to try and uh, it was it's special because we don't have it so right. everybody asked me my family back home like how is it how is it so it's it's good that I can experience it good do you participate in any of the crazy side of Thanksgiving like the Black Friday shopping or anything like that yeah maybe that one but uh, <laughs> I cannot help with cooking or anything like that but I can help eating and cleaning up after that's it and then yes yeah, shopping pretty much of course do you have is there a favorite pie that you have um, not really I'm not very picky so I like everything Perfect. and uh, I like to try new things so hopefully I can uh, you know it's the thing is, it's only going to be my th second Thanksgiving because uh, two years ago I was uh, on loan and last year our season ended. So, uh, so you went home. Yes. Okay. So I was really looking forward to it. All right. Well, appreciate your time here. So we'll get into, um, obviously, the playoffs. Everything is about the playoffs right now. So I um, want to take you back to um, the Western Cup semifinal, <laughs> the Western Conference semifinal match hosted in Kansas City. So the second leg against RSL. Um, you became the first ever homegrown player to have two goals in a playoff match. So tell me about each of the goals. Um, I've looked at them both, broken them down. I love them both for different reasons, but I want to hear your take on both of them. Yes, it's a, it's a great achievement, and uh, I'm, I'm very happy because this was my first playoff goal, and uh, I think I, after having a good regular season, I, I really wanted to score uh, in the playoffs too, and now that I uh, scored, I want to continue it. But the goals were, uh, yeah, the, I like the first one because it was, uh, you know, we discussed that we wanted to push in the first half and we wanted to uh, make sure we can score a lot of goals and uh, put pressure on them. And uh, it worked. And we needed that goal to, to close the first half, you know. So I, I think that one was special for that reason. And the second one uh, was probably my favorite one because uh, it was amazing how like it ended the game and we advanced with that one pretty much we you know everybody 
it was a relief that when I scored that, and also I could do the no look, and uh, it, it's you know it's, it's something what I always wanted to do, and uh, I think it's always going to be special for me. Daniel Shalley, first homegrown player ever to have two goals in a playoff match. He spoke a lot more about breaking down Portland and what to do, mostly sticking to the game plan, uh, playoff mentality. Um, really great to hear from all three guys and watching training this week. They are ready. They are locked in. Peter Vermees has them ready to go. Um, obviously, what else is expected, right? I think one of the things that we've really kind of picked up throughout the interviews that we've done with like almost half the team now is confidence. Mm -hmm. This team is confident that they are going to be able to to win an MLS Cup championship this year. And that's one of the things that I looked at the team last year and you you could see they're sitting around wondering, oh, where are we going to get goals from? And at the beginning of the year, mm -hmm. you know, we me and Julio were at at Media Day and the biggest question is where are your goals coming from? Do you have a nine? Do you have someone that can just be in the middle and they can just score goals? They they really don't have that guy even now. But no, they but have they have so guys like, guys. here's they the list, so many right? other guys. Johnny Rockets. Uh, Daniel Shalley. Daniel Shalley. Felipe. You got Felipe. You, know, you can get goals from Diego. Zeus. You know, they decide to do a, 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 you know, a corner kick. You got Ike to come I... out of the air and go out there and try to head the ball in. You have so many sources for offense on this team right now. You don't have that one guy that's going to go out and get you 20, 25 goals in a year, but you do have some guys that will get you 10 to 15. Exactly. And you got a multiple guys yeah. that can do that. As the playoff run proceeds, obviously they head to Portland and then they come back to Kansas City. Um, we are behind them fully. Really quick Twitter poll. Was it a deep fried turkey or an oven baked turkey? Deep fried. Oh, I went with oven baked and so did everyone else. Oven 50, garbage. 51% to 49%. Garbage. Thank you for listening on this Thanksgiving evening. Uh, tune in next week. We'll have more sport in Kansas City and Kansas City sports in general. Happy Thanksgiving. We're out.